What a day. We're back. We had a great weekend. MotoGP was in France at the iconic Le Mans circuit. Bo, are you with me? I'm here. I am here, Jason. Um, watched all this great racing and am ready to jump right in and talk about it. How about you? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, it, it, was a, it was a fantastic weekend. Le Mans never disappoints. There's always drama. There was drama, especially in the Moto3 race. Um, but, you know, I think this weekend was a great racing package. Like, all the classes were good. Like, there were no just runaway except for, well, Moto2. But there was still some drama in that race that allowed that to happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah. there wasn't just one guy that took off at the at the first lap and just led the whole way. And he, he did it. You know, I mean, Augusto Fernandez won by a lot. But he he had to have some help. So that was cool. Um, but the Moto E races were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta be honest, those sprint races in Moto E. Dude, they're fun. They're fun. They're, they're action packed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want one of really those bikes are. so bad too. I, I don't know why I, I, I want one. I feel like I would want one too, except that they probably are way out of my price range. But regardless, watching them race is fun. And I notice now when they crash, they don't just immediately catch fire. That's a bonus. <laughs> That's like, encouraging that we might yeah. be able to do that at a track <laughs> <Yeah>. day, right? <laughs> we can, right. might be able to they, take one of those out. <laughs> yeah. They they made it the first year. I don't know if you remember it, but when they crashed, they'd catch fire. They had to stop the race. <laughs> that, was, that was it. If anybody well, crashes, you, you remember in Jerez, they didn't even have to do that. They just catch fire sitting in a warehouse, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So lots of improvements is what we're saying. Uh, the bikes are lighter this year, all that stuff. But I just wanted to mention that because that was some really fun sprint race. Um, you know, uh, and we had two first-time winners in the year. We had, you know, Dominica Gerder and uh, what was uh, – not Pizzini. I keep calling wanting to call him Pizzini. Matea Cassaday. Uh, Matea Cassaday. Yeah. Why do I want to call that guy – I don't know. But Cassaday ran two really good races of the weekend. He, uh, Egeter was able to get him in the second race. Continuing Egeter's run of form for the last two years. I mean, he's just been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I, I he, did notice there were a lot of folks that run or uh, ran Supersport last year, at least, that are running Moto E. I think, uh, is Maria Herrera still running in Moto E? And then uh, also Kevin Manfredi moved over, it looks like, to Moto E as well. Yeah, Manfredi actually filled in for Bradley Smith or okay. someone right. else. So he actually did fill in. Um, but anyway, it was just, it was a fun race. And, uh, I think that championship is going to be a lot of fun, a lot more races this year. So they're, they're increasing the calendar. The bikes are getting more efficient. I mean, this is, this is good news because I, I, I do think there is going to be a place for the electric motorcycle on yeah. the road in the future. I, I really do because, you know, we're going at some point, we're going to run out of fossil fuel. So let's figure it out. But Let's talk about Moto3. Um, man, does Moto3 really ever not deliver? I mean, Little really, bikes I, I, and big action is Moto3, yeah. right? Oh. Hold on. This guy's writing promos. I, I, <laughs> wait a minute. Dorna, call me. <laughs> and I'll, 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 you know, I'm, I have a very, very meager fee for you guys, right? So do, I'll, I'll help do you, you have a? Do you write copy for a living? Like people tell you what they needed to say? And you Not yet. It? We're working in that direction, though. You know, <laughs> we're going. Well, to be quite honest, um, 
Gemma Masia is in a run of form that we haven't seen, but we've kind of wanted for the last couple of years. Am I right? No, absolutely. Uh, this is yeah, this is what yeah. we've expected, really. That's I, right. Gemma Masia looks great. There. He looks great. Yeah. Ayuma Sasaki, he, he wins the race. Ayuma Sasaki finishes second. Izan Guevara, great race, finishes third. Um, and Dennis Fajio, the pole man, he struggled. The temperature changed a little bit from the first two days when he absolutely dominated. And it made a big difference. And so what that says to me about Dennis is that if you give him consistent conditions and open track, he is blazing fast. Mm -hmm. If you mess with him just a little, you got a shot. And that doesn't scream world champion to me. Honestly, it doesn't. I, I just feel like if anything changes, he struggles. Uh, he, he, he comes back to the pack, whereas... Some of the other guys are able to shrug some of that stuff off. What do you think? No, I agree. But I think it's important to also note one thing this weekend is there's something that we haven't seen all season long, and that's the Honda power. You know, we've never seen the Honda really pull away all season long we saw like, it in like we did last year. Not, not quite as much as in... we did last year, though. Oh, right. You know, no, last they, they, year they was, looked like it, they were back, though. Yeah, it was blatant. And that's that's what I'm saying is we saw that today with a shorter straight at, uh, you know, here at Lamar. The, the front straight's pretty long, but still yet the amount of of, uh, of power that it looked like Dennis Fodja and Suzuki Spikes had to just drive right past some of the KTMs up front, um, to me, that tells me that if they didn't have that, if they hadn't found, you know, if that's a gearing change or whatever there's, whatever's going on there with the bike, if they didn't get that figured out, then Fodja would probably a little bit be further back uh, in this finishing order, uh, personally. Yeah, that's, he, that's he how was really fast in a straight line. I, I don't know... Fagia, personally, I don't know if you knew that. No, I, no, I thought you watching, Yeah, I know. That's watching him from afar, well, breaking news. Um, but watching him from afar, that's the way I feel about it. I feel like world champions, uh, especially, don't get bothered by just small things. Oh, the temperature is three degrees different. Okay. Yeah. Big deal. Oh, we had to stop the race for just a little bit of rain. It's going to be dry when we go back out. Okay. But not Fazia. I feel. I just feel like now. I do want to bring up something about this race. After I say again, Jamma Masia, brilliant, brilliant race. I, I felt like this guy. I think he was four straight podiums before this race, and just he just looks on form. Finally, we're getting the Jamma Masia that you and I have been clamoring for the last couple of years. Um, and he and he looks great. So let me take nothing away from him. Uh, Ayuma Sasaki, great race. Man, he was aggressive a couple of times. Uh, I like to see it. Crazy boy living up to his name, but not throwing it away. Not going agricultural on us. Um, and keeping it on track. He looked really good. And I thought Izan Guevara rode a really smart race. He had to come from a good ways back. And it looked in the beginning that he was going to struggle. But he found his pace. And then all of a sudden... He was the fastest guy out there, um, and he was able to get back up to third. So I think biggest disappointment in Moto3 uh, is Dennis Fajia uh, today. And but I, but I think you have to temper that with the form that Massey is in because I don't know. Right now, Massey is tough to get by. He's fighting hard, and he's being aggressive, and he's not making a lot of mistakes. I mean, the dude is just he's, just, he's just riding really, really well. He's a great run of form. I hope to see it continue. I, I'm enjoying watching it. But 
you know, Pasha just didn't have it today. And that's a shame because he had had it by a long way all weekend up to the race. Right. Um, I think you're right. You know, Gemma Massey that we're seeing right now, it's almost like Akio is, Akio is finally extracting that, you know, that mental discipline out of him, getting it, you know, to bring that to the surface and really put that forth during races, not seeing a lot of erratic passes, um, you know, really seeing more consistent runs, seeing better judgment out of Gemma Massey too. So that, that, that KTM box really seems like it's starting to, to jive well with him, that the results are coming. Um, I, I will say... I was impressed. The uh, Yuma Sasaki's pass in uh, turn ten uh, when he cut it back on the left. That was a really creative pass. Uh, he surprised. I've never Jim seen Massey, anyone do it. Yeah. I've never I mean, seen knew, anyone do it. And yeah. it looked great, but you knew that Massey was just going to throw a move into the last corner, and he made it stick. So, um, you know, I was kind of heartbroken for Sasaki. I'm a Sasaki fan. I was hoping to see his first win. Um, but uh, you know, it's coming. I think. But uh, you know, like you said, Izan Guevara. Really, really good race. He came from pretty far back too, and and kind of fought throughout this second sprint race. You know, that's what this that's what the second race was more or less after the first race with rain. But um, uh, I think I thought he did really well. This was a uh, a championship ride, I think, from him. You know, damage limitation. Work your way forward. Know where you're at in the race, and take your time. You know, he didn't throw it to the scenery again. Um, so I think that I think that was a really good race for him as well. Um. Suzuki Suzuki played well all race long. He looked really, really good in turn one. And, you know, and him coming up through the Dunlop yeah. chicane was he was really, really strong there. Um, but and he looked great all the way through the race. This is you know far and away, honestly, the best that we've seen Suzuki all season long. And and this is what we've expected start. from him. Yeah. You know, this is where he is, should have been. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, I agree. But no, really good, really great race. And Carlos Tatai, some some of those moves were just. Hard, Ooh. aggressive move, you know, and he's not Man, scared. Man, he to was on the no. That he, front end of that bike was screaming for oh, yeah. mercy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I can't believe he stayed up on a couple of them. I was like, no way. No, no I, way. I agree. I, I was a little nervous on a few, I and mean, I, I, I was waiting for the front to fold. But, uh, but you know what? It's only a bad move if you don't make it. That's like you, if you don't make right. it through. Like it, it you're like Ask no, Rossi no, 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 no. Oh, beautiful. As Rossi from 2005, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, you know that's those couple of those moves. I was like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, oh, that was brilliant. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was just great. But let's talk about when they stopped the race because all those guys crashed uh, close to pit lane, coming on to I think Ricardo Ricardo Ma turn. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about that for a minute because we know there's a five minute rule, mm-hmm. right? Included in that rule is that you have to come back to pit lane via the circuit. And I was very interested to see if they were going to allow those bikes back onto the grid after all of them crashed when they couldn't go around and get back. Mm -hmm. They allowed them to go backwards on the track, which bothered me a little bit. I'm going to say because they didn't allow Augusto Fernandez to get back in the race for Moto Two, yeah, and he didn't follow it either. So I, I feel I, I don't know. I mean, where did you even think about that? Because I thought about it immediately when they started pushing those bikes down uh, pit lane, and I was like, uh, "Now that's that's now not how I understood the rule." Now maybe I misunderstand the rule. Right? What do you uh, think? No, I agree <clears throat> because the oh, is the rule. It, the rule is 
they have to get the bike back without shortcuts, right? Um, yep. So it doesn't it doesn't explicitly say they have to go around this. You know, obviously the the logical way to look at that is if you have passed pit in, then you have to go all the way back around. Um, Lamar is very unique though. That that pit in area is is very open, right? Um, so yeah. I would have to see what padding was up, the tires, kind of what how they had it laid out to where can you cross immediately across that track and push back into pit. Um, you can because so, they so does yeah. that not count as a shortcut then because it's kind of still pit or do you still treat you know your imaginary boundary around that pit in lane as a you know that's an official way to get in it, it honestly the the rules seem so subjective in motorsports and also i think i would imagine that part of this decision was based on how many laps they had, they had completed as well um with this before this red flag, you know, because there was only how were they complete two lap, two or three laps, two, something two like or that. three lap stops. I think um, it was two. I think it's the opening lap and the next lap, and then they so called the race had just you know more or less just started. You know, whereas the I think the Moto Two race had what maybe five or six laps in, right. something like that. So, so here's my problem though: they crashed in the final corner. Yeah, pit lane entrance. Two corners starts, before that. Yeah, is two corners before that. Yep. So. They could get there. They just had to go across track, and then that this paved. It's all paved in there. They mm-hmm. can go right across. Mm-hmm. But that's a shortcut, is yep, it not? Absolutely. No, I yeah, I agree. And, that's and why I, I say I, everything is so subjective as to how they that, feel that day, and it's it's if, not not right. You know, like, yeah, there has to be if, some sort of consistency. If I was any of the other teams, I would have been livid. Really, honestly, because. They're going to have a situation later on this year. It's going to happen. Guarantee it. Where this, there's going to be a red flag, mm-hmm. and guys are going to go. You know, we have to define shortcut. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, now, if you have to go off track to avoid a bike, a rider, whatever, and go through grass or a cut through, I'm fine with that. But you, you can't have nine guys crash past pit lane entrance and then be like, oh, it's okay because they can still get in here. Um, and I, and the other thing was I saw corner workers pushing those bikes in there. And I'm like, well, that's very helpful. Thank you. But at the same time, I, I just would have been hot if I was you're, Augusto Fernandez. Yeah, your I heart really been. goes out to Augusto Fernandez for pushing that bike uphill in wet grass by himself in Portugal, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, no, and it's, so, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's, it's absolutely. Now, some people may not think this is a big deal, but to your point about the subjectivity, that's a huge deal to me. It's a huge deal because Cambovier got caught out just like this, right? Yeah. So if, if what if Cam Bobier's bike had been over there and what if they were 30 feet farther forward and had to go backward on the track to get in pit lane? Is it then the wrong way? Is, I just feel like you're right. Subjective is a perfect word. They should not have been allowed. You should have to enter at pit exit or pit, pit entrance, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You should have to pit in via that thing. You should not be able to go backwards unless you change the rule. You know what I mean? Like if you say, look, we'll give you eight minutes. We don't care how you get your bike here. You get it here. You're on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm. That's that's better to me. 
but not the five minute rule and you can't take shortcuts unless you're right by right past pit lane you're only by a couple corners and you can cut across a paved area there that's a shortcut so that bothered me that 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 was one of my biggest takeaways because i knew well and you know what gas gas survived because garcia and guevara went out yeah mean menio mm-hmm. went out i mean I think six big or names. seven, right? Yeah, big yeah. Names. And then, and then there were two more that crashed before that turn yeah. after coming out of the previous. So they all made it. Everybody restarted. But the other thing I didn't like was that they put everybody back in the original grid position. Yeah. So that's you, what bothered me. That that's really what bothered me. I think. But uh, but so the, to argue that, I guess, is how can you classify if you have if you're allowing bikes back on the grid that have been pushed by? Let's call it illegally. If you're allowing bikes that have been pushed back um, to pit lane to get back on the grid, Ill, Ill, you know, rejoin the race illegally when it goes back into the the, the green flag. When you regrid up, you start the race over for race two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You say you the finishing order, the people that actually finish that lap, you put them in that grid order. Well, how are you going to classify the people that crashed out? Are you going to then go by the last timing? Um, would, sector yes, that they you cross. Can, I, I think you know. exactly that's exactly how you do it. Especially when you have a mass crash like that, mm-hmm. you can look at the film and say, "Okay, it was Garcia, Guevara, Mino, uh, well, Rossi, etc." I think it's not you only know? the film. You also there are there, I know there are more sensors than even sectors around the track, so there are more timing and transponder signals that come around. So 100%. there are you know there are tons yeah. around the track. So. Okay. You know, that's why we, that's why we see the the gap, um, you know, graphics throughout the lap. You know, not just every four yep. sectors that they cross. You know, so exactly. you know, even look at those, and and it's it's precise. But just like you're saying, you you can watch those guys that were going into that turn. Every single one of them lost the front in the exact same way. They look, yep. it looks synchronized the way that they yep. went through, and yep. you put them back on the grid, and that's it. And I think but, that's more fair because the guys that stayed up. I, they get. Listen, they should. They should move and, up. I'm sorry. They, and the other they didn't thing make was make the mistake. Right. You know. That's right. And they were in front of those guys. Those guys weren't leading. That's my thing. It's like the two leaders made it through. Yeah. Yep. You know, leaders made it through. This wasn't like where Cambobier and uh, who was leading Cambobier at that point. Kinnett. Oh, and and Kinnett, mm-hmm. They were the first on that. You know what I mean? They yeah. didn't. There was no warning for them. Those leaders made it through. Those other guys failed to make it through. That's yeah. not. They shouldn't be. They should not be rewarded with a red flag and get back in the race at the same spot when they made mistakes other people didn't make. Now, we had that discussion about you know Cambobier and and Canet. If you're leading, that's completely different to me. You have no point of reference. Right. But I guess people would say that might be subjective, but I disagree. So I, I think if you don't have a point of reference and you crash, if the guy in front of you made it through, then. You should well, make. Why it couldn't have you made it? You know, if your lines a little exactly bit, you right. know, it's it's. So, we see the differing I mean, lines all the time in in Moto Three. You know, I mean, Dennis on uh, yeah. had such a different line going into the museum corner. That was you know, crazy. So <laughs> and, and it was still fairly quick. You know, so so we see how effective differing lines are. And if that different, if your line cost you to crash, then that's your decision because there are t- there are tons of other options around that corner. Yeah, I, I you know. I, I I just feel like some poor decisions were made there. And I feel like you're right. The subjectivity of the FIM and Dorna and their rules is a problem for racing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let it go now. 
but that was what I thought. I was I was in complete disbelief that those guys not only got to start, but got to grid up where they started from the start of the race. Yeah. They didn't even have to go to the back of the grid. That's 100% garbage. Yeah. 100% garbage. So they they interfered in the outcome of a race again. You know, mm-hmm. by making a subjective ruling and I didn't I didn't like it. But it is what it is. Jamal Masia taking nothing away from him. He was I don't believe he was not one of the guys that crashed. And he ran a great race. He wins the race. Good on you, Jamal. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what he can do for the rest of the year. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So, let's go to Moto2. Okay. Let's talk about the fact that Sean Dillon Kelly had another mechanical in the race. Who cares who won? Sean Dillon Kelly yeah. had another mechanical. Oh, I got a Cameron Bobier. Yeah. Cameron Bobier had a mechanical in qualifying. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, Bo. You see what happens when you put a good bike underneath Cameron Bobier. American Racing Team, please get. I'm sorry, I'm getting loud right now. American yeah, Racing you Team. Got fired up. I am. I am fired up because you <laughs> see what too. happens when you put a good bike underneath Cameron Bobier. Where did he start? Was it 16th on the grid? 15? 17th. Start 17th, 17th on the grid, and the guy was running in third place for how long? Yeah. Come on now. I know. And this is so Moto Two. This is a spec class. For the it most part, this is a spec class with two, with mostly Calyx bikes with two Bosco Scurs and two MV Augustas. Well, I'm pretty sure some of those mechanics need some spectacles because they can't evidently see problems and they don't they don't do very well. And the, the, this is becoming comedic. Cambobier it, deserves better. Uh, and this he does is what deserve it comes better. Down to. If Cambobier, I'm telling you right now, there's some other teams that would be very interested in Cambobier. You know who should be interested in Cambobier right now? Who can build a good bike and puts a good bike underneath uh, underneath people is the Aspar Gas Gas team because they put a good bike under Jake Dixon and every week Jake Dixon throws it into the gravel. I'm sick of hearing just how good Jake Dixon is from these guys at MotoGP. I'm sorry. Uh, this is another soapbox that I'm going to get on right now. Are I'm you just jumping soapboxes right now? You're I am just, you're on, tired <laughs> of hearing about how talking. awesome Jake Dixon is. If he's I, so I, awesome, I, let's I start agree seeing with you. results. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, if I'm Cambobia and I want to stay in the championship, I think if there's another team that makes me a good offer, like the Gas Gas Aspar team, like the Ital Trans team, then I say, you know what? Absolutely. Because you, I, I, I – when he finished the race and he didn't have a mechanical, I was nervous the entire race. I was watching it. You're waiting but, for it. You're waiting for yeah, a gearbox and that's to go. You're waiting for the yeah. shifter to, to, to break. You're just waiting for something. I feel like we're making our gearboxes out of pot metal and everyone else's is out of, you know, <laughs> titanium, out of titanium, <laughs> titanium or aluminum. metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're making it out of animanium. And I'm like, you know, we here we are making it out of pot metal. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's an SSR uh transmission in his bike like it just feels like it but i <laughs> <laughs> i i just get really frustrated well there goes our ssr sponsorship wow. well we lost that what but it's jerk. fine yeah yeah but it, it, um, it tell me i'm wrong you know you know i i just i feel that way but let's talk about who won the race and ran a great race augusto fernandez finally yeah here we are yep. you did it and even though Pedro Acosta was leading you by a wide margin, uh, he crashed. So 
you did a great job. You didn't, and you were you were you two were in a class of your own. Let's not let's not make it like Pedro was the only one out there. He was with Pedro until Pedro crashed. Now, Augusto, we need to see this every week, and you know what? We may start to see it because he has been getting better. And if that happens, and Pedro's got it figured out, it's going to be the IO KTM show again in Moto Two. I think. No, um, I, yeah, I agree. Pedro Acosta looked amazing this race and really good all weekend long. You know, that, like you'd said, this this track is really, I think it suits Pedro Acosta really well. They they kept talking about it's a stop-and-go track. I think it's somewhat of a stop-go track, but where it does have those some flowing sections, um, those flowing sec- sections still require a lot of confidence on the front end. And Pedro Acosta clearly had that in the race. I think that he might have been just a hair wide because a lot of people lost the front right where he did um, all through the weekend, really. So I don't yeah. know if there's a bump yeah. there or if there's just something out there on track when you get just offline. Um, you know, right, it's, you know, just halfway through La Chapelle there, about three quarters of the way through, whenever the front would finally go. Um, but I think that, I really think that Augusto Fernandez was just kind of pacing himself during this race, even when Pedro Costa, you know, was trying to, to, to break away. I think Pedro Costa was definitely pushing to create a lead. Um, I think Augusto Fernandez really just kept his powder dry all race long and, and just put his head down, ran a great race. Pedro Costa made the mistake, but exactly yep. what you're saying. I, I really, we talked about it before that Augusto Fernandez gets better as the season goes on. Um, we're still pretty early in the season. And if he starts hitting this form now, I think it's going to be dangerous for Chelsea Novietti um, for the oh, championship. Well, I, I, I personally think Vietti's in danger from a lot of guys. I, yeah, I just yeah, don't think he's right. Yeah. He's not in great form. He, he ended up in, what was it, uh, eight? Um, yes, but, which was still you know, a good ride, good damage it, limitation considering it really everything was. that happened for him. So, so in terms of damage limitation, Celestino has done a great job, but he's just not been fast at the front at these, at these races lately, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going on. I, I'm sure that maybe you, you know how it is. Sometimes tracks just don't suit your riding yeah, style. Yeah. And going to Mugello next time next week, I I would expect Celestino to be better. It should we'll feel see. more natural. Yeah, he, he should he should feel more at home, a little less pressure. Um, yep. you know, a little bit more comfortable in where he's at. So, um, hopefully he can make that. He can turn that into results. Yeah, a hundred percent. But you know, take nothing away from what Augusto Fernandez was able to do this weekend. He was great. It was a great race. Uh, hung in there, and you know. Even though Pedro had begun to gap him, maybe that was because Pedro was just over pushing, just trying yeah, to break him. Yeah, I think in. so. I think that he was trying to get away from Augusto because he might have had that inclination that Augusto Fernandez is just going to be steady and he's going to going to wait until the end of the race. And that's just that's another learning point for uh, Pedro. But right. if Pedro has figured this Moto Two bike out, well, everybody better watch out. Yeah, because we know yeah. what Pedro does when Pedro's in good form. So. KTMIO's got a bright future, it looks like. Another great race from Aaron Kinnett. I mean, we say this every week about this guy, but he really, he really just, every week he delivers. He His bad weeks are not terrible usually, you know, and his good weeks, uh, he hasn't won, but he is right there week after week. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we call it with Ayagura, and I think you're right with Aaron Kinnett, too. That win, is it's somewhere there. You know, I think that if he hadn't had the injury, Jerez quite, quite possibly might have been that that weekend, you know. Um, I think it was Ayagura's day, and then Kinnett today looked really, really good, despite, you know, being behind uh, Augusto Fernandez. 
But um, once his wrist gets back to normal, I think that I think you're right. Yeah. Aaron Canet's got a win in him this season. Absolutely. Well, you know, and and I don't I don't want to give a shout out to Shumcat Chantra. I mean, we we trashed this guy before the season, but he is making me eat my words. And I yeah, same I, here. I, and yeah. Let, let's just be honest. Uh, Honda Team Asia is super strong. I didn't they see are. it happening. I really didn't. I, see I, it. I, I, I thought no... that Iagur was going to be fairly strong this year, but I I did not see some Cat Chantra. Uh, this so year doing this. I, I want to give a hats off to the Honda Team Asia squad because mm-hmm. they have yeah. done an amazing job so far this year. They have two wins. They've got podiums. Um, you know, Agura finished fifth this race. He wasn't real close. But you know what? Fifth is not terrible in a class of 30 with the best middleweight riders in the world. That that You had two in the top five. I think any team in MotoGP will take that every week. Two in the top five. Yeah, the the important yeah. part is he didn't, you know, he still brought the bike home. And that's yeah. that's where a mature ride comes from. You know, it's not the fact yeah. of, well, I'm not going to be able to win today. I'm just going to, you know, still push. Right. If he knows right. he's not going to win, just pack it in and get as many points as you need to. He's 16 points off the lead right now for the championship. Aaron Kinnett's 19 points off. And that's, they're they're within distance. You know, if Chelsea Vietti has another bad weekend, then this championship, yeah. it's blown wide open. That's right. Well, you know, and, and in fourth place was Cam Bobier, and I am so happy to see Bobier up at the front fighting. But as we discussed earlier, we he needs some help. Really, honestly, he needs some help. So, American Racing Team, please put bike under him because he he obviously has pace this year. He I, he knows the tracks. He's getting better. He's improved his ability to ride this bike. He, he's understanding the bike now. If he I'm is riding the crap out of it though. If I'm an American racing team, I'm taking a paint pen over every single one of those bolts right now, marking where they're at, and I'm not touching that stupid thing until you get it off the. Uh, don't touch the bike. Just put it back underneath of him in the next race and let him re- see where he's at. Stop yeah, touching the I, bike. We so let's talk about that just a second. Do you think Bobier would be interested in moving to a different squad? I think so. If if KTM IO he, comes calling, he's going. Um, if it's KTM IO, I'm gone. It, it, honestly, and that they're has not going to come because they only do young riders. But I'm just saying. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking, if, if we're talking hypothetical, let's let's talk Blue Sky, right? Let, yeah. Let's say he gets a call from KTM IO, and yeah. uh, you know, it, and and possibly is like, hey, you know, Aki IO says, hey, you know, would you like to, or even her Ray Puncher all Tech Three? Well, Tech I'm sorry, Tech Three is not in uh, Moto Two anymore, are they? Um. He gets no. a call from from Akiyo. I go, no question. I go. Who uh, doesn't go? Yeah, I, honestly, I, I would go to a Tal Trans. Yeah, I would go to a Tal Trans. That's a great bike. Bastianini beat the, everybody. The Gas Gas or Aspar team. I, I go yeah. there too. Uh, they honestly, I would even go to Liquamali Intact. Liquamali Intact, where Marcel Schroeder is. I'd go there too. Yeah, I mean, you know, Marshall Swatter, we, we kind of wrote him off a little bit in the season. He's having a stronger season, uh, you know, he, than he has last he, year. He's kind of he's uh, he's there. He's four kinda, straight top six finishes. Yeah, he's back there. He's coming. He's moving forward. Uh, you know, it's a good yeah. season for Marcel Swatter considering the past that he's had. It, I the think Flex what Box we're saying, team, Flexbox yeah. team is a, a perfect team to go to. Get Navarro, you know. Well, but the problem with the Flexbox team is, is, is well, it's not a it's not a problem. I think you're right. Flexbox would be a great team to go to, but I, they have. I don't think. Jorge Navarro's ridden himself out of that ride. No, no, I, I agree. And, but I also think that there's no way you replace Kanet unless he goes to GP. Um, so, you know, but you're right. But literally, what we're saying is literally any team other than American Racing, we would go. 
And maybe MV. Maybe the MV Augusta team. I don't know if I would. Yeah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to a Bosco score chassis, and I wouldn't go to MV Augusta. Um, But I think Ital Trans is a real option because Dalaporta. Do we ever talk about him? No, because he's he's done nothing in his two years. Nothing. Delaporte actually made it to Q2 this weekend, and I was surprised. I was shocked that Delaporta made it to Q2. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. as soon as the and race started, 12. as soon as the well, yeah, and look how many people crashed. You know, as soon as yeah. the race started, though, Delaporta immediately apparently was nervous that he was so far up, and then decided to roll out and let everyone pass him because he's comfortable being in twentieth. Um, yeah, hundred percent. You know, but so no, I agree. Lorenzo Delaporta just hasn't taken to Moto Two in the last two seasons, and I think right now, if you're a Tal Trans, you're starting to look at different options that are out there. Well, if you're a gas gas, you just want a guy that'll finish some races for you in a decent place. Cam Bobier, I called it. Let's yeah. do it. Good bike. He's hey, finishing races. I'll have all sorts of gas gas gear if Cam Bobier is over there. I the only thing it. I, the only thing I ask is that we quit making everything our American racers wear and ride so spangly. I don't, we we already know it he's American. It can be a little more subtle, right? It, it can be right. Subtle. We don't we don't need them riding an American flag or wearing an American now. If your helmet, you want some American flag references, I'm cool. But when they came to Austin, it was overwhelmed. I was like, oh my gosh. No. Okay. We We're going to it. a Dallas Cowboys game. One. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like going to a Dallas Cowboys game and wearing a full Dallas Cowboys On the uniform. 4th of July. <laughs> right, right, right. On the 4th of July with sparklers. It's just a little spangly. I feel like uh, American racing, they do okay with it. You know, the colors are okay. Whatever, but I was looking at Cam's leathers and helmet. I'm like, Cam, you're just wearing a flag. We know you're from the U.S. Cool. If you want to put a flag on there, that's cool. Put it on the hump. Everything else doesn't have to be the flag. So all you teams out there, we'd love for Cam to be on your team. Cam, snatch a hand off from Gas Gas or Taltrans or Flexbox. Trust me. But we don't need Spangly. We don't need it. I, yeah, I love the I, American flag, but it's just it's okay. It's getting to the point where let's act like we've been somewhere. <laughs> let's just act we everybody knows we're there everybody knows you're americans cool let's do it and then let them see the flag when we get on top of the box there or you on go. the box period that's yep. what we want to that's where i want to see the flag not on your boots not on your leathers not on your helmet not on your livery that's where i want to see it that's all we're saying but you know as far as moto 2 goes we've made some jokes and gotten on some soapboxes but I think that about covers it for me. Um, I did. I, I did want to mention that you know, Jake Dixon, too many crashes for me now. To your Tony Arbolino, both crashing out. Not yeah. they were right there beside each other. Neither one of them. Oh, and but that's the right of the day. Might have gone to Alonzo Lopez. He was yeah. unbelievable until he crashed, and it really wasn't his fault. Yeah, and I made the comment. I don't know what bike he rode in the uh, CEV, is it the CIV Moto Two class that he was racing. CEV, sure. CEV, CEV, sorry, CEV yeah. Moto Two class. I'm not sure what he was actually riding, but no, he looked great just coming in and jumping on this bike this weekend. Um, I think I, you're right. He had to be on a Bosco Square chassis. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know anyone else that could come in and ride it like that. You know, well, what I mean? Fermi Aldegar did. You know, at the beginning of the season, and and like you said, you know, crashed out of this race, and he and Tony Arbolino both crashed the same spot that uh, that Pedro Costa crashed too. Yep, one right after the other, not hitting mm-hmm. each other, just there, following right in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, my personal take on everything this weekend was that, you know, we've got to get some 
real consistency in the rules, uh, even if it makes yeah. people mad. We can't just be subjective and do things that we want to do just because we want to do them. But also, we need the American racing team to really step up because it's getting comical with the with the constant mechanical issues. Uh, Sean Dillon Kelly, even though he's running in last and it didn't matter, he had to pull in and then go back out. Come on, guys. Fix it. I mean, yeah. dang it. And, you know, I give... Uh... I jump all over Jake Dixon, and I, rightfully so, I think. Um, but I, I don't understand a lot of the hype around him I, because simply because of the results. Jake Dixon's unbelievably fast. Jake Dixon might be one of the nicest guys in the paddock. Jake Dixon needs to take that unbelievably fast Saturday, though, and tr- and make it a result on Sunday. That's the biggest frustration that I have with Jake Dixon. Is he's He's got all this praise lauded upon him, but there's not a lot of result to back it up. So, well, right. keep putting, right. put it on the box, put it, put it in first place, you know, and I think he was just, on the podium just last race. Was he on the point. podium last race? Jake Dixon? No, he crashed. Did he crash last race? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he crashes. I want to. That's yeah. what he does. Hang I, on, I, I'll make sure that I'm not wrong, but I, I, I he crashed. I, 100% he crashed. I guess that's where, you know, you see how fast Jake Dixon is in the middle of a race and then... You don't see Jake Dixon anymore because Jake Dixon's lost the front. And Jake Dixon crashed. Uh, yeah, he crashed, man. So, so I, listen, I, I want you, Jake what you Dixon said. To every single, you know, yeah, we all do. But every single racer in the world at any level, that's what you got to do. It's yeah. very simple. It doesn't matter how fast you are if you don't finish. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how fast you are on a qualifying lap if you can't finish the race. You have to finish the race. Nothing else matters. But you know, that's in all classes and all races everywhere. So I guess for me, that's about it. Let's move on to MotoGP. 